Welcome to GMFC Studios, God's production company. Praise the Lord, everybody. Sorry for the few minute delay. We're trying to get some things in order, but we thank the Lord for each and every one of you that's tuned in with us. We're excited about the Word of God. We've uh, we're really excited about the things that God has been doing, about the pouring out of his spirit um, that we've been seeing in the world. We thank the Lord for his grace, because if it wasn't for his grace, none of us would have the opportunity to bless him, to praise him as he so deserves. Only in the power of righteousness through Christ can we ever be acceptable in the eyes of God and we are so thankful to the Lord for each and every one of you that's tuned with us that's joining with us that comes along on this journey with us we thank the Lord uh, for those churches that are in uh, Kenya that uh, tune in regularly and um, we are trying to do the best that we can to be a blessing to we thank the Lord for each and every one of you and know that we're praying for you just as a word of uh, announcement, we put this out on Facebook the other day, and I just want to reiterate to all of you that tune in, you have an opportunity to come see uh, and hear and experience the worship and the word live, March the 10th, 2023, at Praise Temple Community Church, 2618 Bethesda Avenue. It's right there on the corner of Bethesda Avenue and Sunbury Road here in the city of Columbus. The pastor is Sammy Dixon, and they have asked me to come and to minister God's word of truth in the service that Friday evening at 10, or I'm sorry, at 7 uh, p.m. So I ask that you uh, please come out and let us just fill the house and celebrate God. Let us invite the outpouring of the spirit of God to be in our midst and maybe a week later we'll still be there just blessing the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But we thank the Lord for uh, you in advance coming and supporting and being part of what God is doing and uh, celebrating the Lord together with us. I long for us to be together in the beauty of holiness, just praising God and giving him glory for who and what he is. We just thank the Lord again for each and every one of you. We've been talking about tribulation, and one of the um, uh, issues that I have with the uh, what's been dubbed as the prosperity gospel, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of, about specifically that, but one of the things I do want to touch on, um, and that we've been kind of ministering from the uh, kind of the foundation of over the last few weeks. The issue with the prosperity gospel is there's no balance. It's all blessing, and then there's nothing else attached to it. It's as if God sent his son just so that you can be, you know, blessed, that you can have all the money you want, you can have every desire that you've ever had met, ultimately so that you can just go to God and get the things that you need. And you've heard me say this before, as if God is your Santa Claus and you're just going to get your presence and um, move on with your, with your life. But there's no balance. Anyone that's been in the Christian journey 
for any period of time recognizes that part of the Christian journey involves suffering. If you read any part of the word of God, you will find that believers suffer. Suffering is part of the journey. Now, while I wholeheartedly believe that God can and will and does desire to bless his people with many things in many ways, we cannot negate the reality that God also allows and uses suffering in our life. It's part, it, it makes, helps us to, to become who God wants us to become. We thank the Lord for uh, the suffering that he comes because we understand that when we are in suffering or in seasons of lack or tribulation, we understand that God is there with us. We're not alone. Which leads me to uh, the title of my sermon today. May my praise always be in front. May my praise always be in front. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about suffering and tribulation and crisis in the life of a believer. I know this goes against what a lot of people are hearing in reference to the continual blessings of God being poured out on every believer, or at least that's what some would like you to, to believe. I think we all would agree that that could not be farther from the truth. Suffering is not only part of life, it is a vital part of our Christian journey. We are often told to give God praise to celebrate the wonderful things that he's done for us. But I want to let you in on a powerful secret. This is a powerful secret. A praise that leads your life is a praise that leads you to victory. These are words that you ought to live by. A praise that leads your life is a praise that leads you to victory. When you're dealing with, you know, crisis, you have to find a praise that leads rather than a praise that follows. Most of the time what we see today is a praise that follows. We we see the pity party that leads declares my trouble. And then we see the praise when God delivers us and gets us out of our trouble. We need to flip the script. We need to find a praise that leads rather than a praise that follows. When your life is led by your praise, by that love and adoration you have for God, it will direct you right into the victory that was always found in Christ. Now, most of us spend our lives praising God for the things that, you know, have happened after we've seen or experienced the goodness of the Lord. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that level of praise. And, and it's easy to praise and thank God when we see his mighty outstretched arm parting the Red Seas, blocking our path to a land of security and a land filled with promise. But what about standing at the bank of the Red Sea of life and instead of complaining about our presumed dead end, glorifying God without uh, without giving him the praise that's due his name, but doing it before we see the parting of the sea. Let your praise meet you at the point of your crisis. Let your praise be the tip of your spear. Let the praise be what precedes the miracle. 
The first record of there being a song of praise in the Bible was when the children of Israel started to sing spontaneously after they crossed through the Red Sea on dry land. Exodus, the 15th chapter, in the first verse declares, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Now, prior to this, there was no singing. There was no song in Israel. They stood there at the brink of the sea with mountains on their side and the Egyptian army behind them, and the fear turned into grumbling and complaining that Moses had brought them out there to die. But what I see in this passage of scripture and what I believe God is trying to show us is to give praise in this fashion requires absolutely no faith. Praise after the fact requires no faith. Now I'm not saying that there's something wrong with you praising God after you've received your deliverance, after you've received your miracle, after God has blessed you or opened doors or given you favor or made a way out of no way, you know, all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with it, but it doesn't require your faith. Israel was praising God because of what he had done on their behalf right before their eyes. That type of praise is good and most definitely necessary and God is worthy of it. But that is not the praise that will get you through a tough situation. Real praise requires faith. You ought to put that in the comment section. Real praise requires faith. During the most trying times of your life, you must make a choice. You, and anyone that knows me uh, has heard me say this. I say some, there are some things, there are some theologies or some foundational things that I will repeat in multiple sermons and in conversations that I have with people. And one of those things is choice. God enabled man to have choice. There is absolutely nothing for which you endure in life, experience in life, engage in life that is not connected to your power of choice. Some people would like to say that they didn't have a choice, but in fact, that is a, a lie. It's, it's not true. You always have a choice. God created you with the power always to choose. Now, your choice may be difficult, but you always have a choice. And during the most trying times of your life, you must make a choice. You need to choose between being frustrated or angry and giving yourself a pity party or, or standing up and declaring God's decree over your life. We need to stop regurgitating our problem by constantly vocalizing and energizing our crisis. You have to choose to leave the realm of natural sight, natural sound, and choose to agree with the promise of God over your life. The very thing that God declares in his word, even though you don't know what is going to happen or, or even what's going on in your life right now or why this certain crisis is happening to you even though you don't know how this thing is going to work out uh, you still make a conscious decision to thank God that he is still God and that he is working all things out for your good and for his glory 
You see, it takes faith to praise God when the wind is blowing, when the waves are raging and the sky is crashing with the sounds of thunder and lightning bolts are flashing everywhere around you. Even though your life may be tossed like a boat in a storm, there must be a sound of praise that reverberates from deep within your soul. All of heaven listens and is jubilant and they rejoice at the sweet sound of praise that is given to God and the power of your faith that is being demonstrated in the manifestation of your praise in your storm. Now this for sure, uh, your crisis will change the way that you praise God. You have to understand something. Sometimes crisis comes into your life so that God can show you something about himself. And also sometimes crisis comes into your life so that God can show you something about you. Sometimes God is not trying to break you in the sense of destroying you, but he's trying to break you because you become so comfortable with where you are that you'll only praise God when things are going your way God is trying to mature you that you get to the place where you say I will praise God whether I'm up or down whether I'm in or out whether I'm popular or unpopular whether I have money in my pocket or I'm broke uh, it doesn't matter what my condition is my condition does not uh, uh, proceed or predicate what my praise is my relationship with God my faith in God is what determines the power of my praise Amen. Amen. you see a praise of faith praises before it sees my desired result Amen. a praise of faith praises before it sees the desired result Amen. your crisis has a way of pulling this out of you you see in crisis two things happen Number one, you realize that your life depends on how you praise God. Two, you get an I don't care attitude that says praise God or die. If you've never gone through anything difficult, then you don't really know how to praise God in this manner. You see, it takes going through something to give you a praise that knows how to endure when you're in the middle of something. This praise knows how to reach beyond what you are facing so that you can get over to the other side and be victorious. A praise that declares like Psalms 103 and 2 declares, blessed is the name of the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, all my soul and forget not all his benefits in other words you have the opportunity and the potential to forget about God and all that God has done for you there will be times in your life you become more focused on your problem than you are his promise. Let me say that again for you. Sometimes when you're in the middle of crisis, you lose sight of God. You get tunnel vision on your crisis and you miss the panoramic view of God's glory that can be demonstrated in the middle of your trouble. You lose sight of God. You forget the things of God. You forget the promise 
promises of God. You forget what God has already spoken over your life. In most cases, God has already given you a word about your victory before you entered your trouble. But because you're so focused on the trouble, you forget the promise of your deliverance. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord one at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 34 and 1. He had the revelation that praise would lead him from crisis to celebration. You've got to get that attitude that my praise is going to lead me from crisis to celebration. My praise does not deny the existence or the truth that I'm in crisis, but what it declares is my God is greater than my crisis, and because God is greater than my crisis, and God is on my side, I can celebrate him now. The old saints used to say when I was growing Growing up, they even wrote a song about it. I wish I could sing, I'd sing it for you. But they, they, the old folks used to say, Don't wait till the battle is over, shout now, because in the end, you're gonna win. You see, his praise needed to lead him. The psalmist was led by his praise. Your praise has to get out in front of you. For it to lead you to victory. Too many of us have a toe behind praise. You've got a, a, a trailer hitch on the back of your uh, caboose. And you just pull your praise along as you're going through some stuff. God says praise should be your engine. It should be pulling you. You should not be pulling it. We can see the power of praise as illustrated in the story of Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, you ought to just read it. The Bible's really got, got some good stuff in there. You ought to take some time out of your day and just read it. But in the story of Jehoshaphat, found in the second book of Chronicles, the 20th chapter, the armies of Ammon and, and, and Moab and Mount Seir had come up against the children of Israel. Fear gripped the children of Israel as they began to ponder what their fate was in the sight of such an enormous uh, enemy and an, an enormous army army that was gathered against them. Jehoshaphat called a fast for all Israel and declared, oh our God, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Second Chronicles 20 and 12. You ought to read it. Check the text. In the morning as they prepared themselves for battle. You see first thing you have to understand, saints of God, that when you are in crisis, you are in battle. Notice Israel did not sit back waiting on God. Israel prepared themselves to fight. The Bible declares that as they prepared themselves for battle Jehoshaphat told the people believe in the Lord your God so shall ye be established. Second Chronicles 20 and 20. Then what he did was strange when you're getting ready to go into a fight. He appointed singers unto the Lord and that they should pray 
praised the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and all the while they were saying praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever I wish the children of God the saints of the most high God would get the attitude that while you're in the middle of your crisis you would just begin to sing to yourself the mercy of my Lord it endures forever 2nd Chronicles 20 and 21 the children of Israel choose to take their eyes off of their trouble and they place them on the goodness and the promise of almighty God and as they began to focus upon God and praise the holiness and the mercy of God they witnessed the demonstration of the power that their praise initiated 2nd Chronicles 20 22 through 23 these two passages of scripture are incredible scripture declares and when they began to sing and to praise the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon uh, of Amna uh, Moab and Mount Seir which were come against Judah and they were smitten for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir everyone helped to destroy another now watch this when it was all said and done every opposing soldier lay dead on the ground when the children of Israel arrived you see sometimes God wants to fight for you sometimes when you get to the battle you'll find that the battle is already over on top of everything there was so much spoil riches and jewels food and clothing etc 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 that took three days of the Bible declares to carry it all away the lesson for us is that somewhere in the middle of your crisis we need to learn to praise God no matter what is going on around us while we do not disregard our pain we do not disregard our suffering we do not pretend that uh, what we're dealing with is not real that the, the hurt and the sorrow is real but we begin to sing our outcome before we have ever ever received evidence that it will ever come to pass praise you have to understand the power of praise praise is actually a prophetic tool I didn't say pathetic I know sometimes our praise is pathetic but God declares that praise is actually prophetic when it is out in front and goes before your everything somebody ought to give God some praise you ought to take a praise break right now and just begin to magnify the name of the Lord bless the name of the Lord I feel my preach coming on I feel the glory of the Lord in this place don't be pathetic when you praise God you ought to let your power of prophecy come out in your praise I'm praising him because I know it's going to be alright you ought to remember what Paul and Silas did locked in the bottom of a prison what were they doing before the earth shook and the doors opened and the chains fell off Acts 16 25 through 26 if you're trying to figure it out go there find out they were praying and praising they were praying 
and praising. These are the most two powerful P's that the devil does not want you to get a hold of. The power of prayer and the power of praise. Perhaps this is why Isaiah declares in 54 and 1, O barren, this kind of praise is a choice. You heard me tell, that, uh, tell you that everything in life boils down to choice. When and how you praise is no different. I can begin to praise my way into a day, a day that I've never seen, and though a battle that I have yet to fight, I can praise my way in just like King Jehoshaphat learned. When God arises, his enemies will be scattered. When God arises, his enemies will be scattered. What does the Bible declare about your praise? Your praise causes God to get up and inhabit them. When God arises, his enemies will be scattered. You got demons and devils all around you, pestering you and bothering you. You ought to get on their nerves by praising God let them throw the fiery dart you ought to praise God it will cause every enemy to scatter in fact Psalms 22 and 3 makes it plain that God inhabits the praises of his people you see, when you invite Yeshua, Yoshia into the situation through praise, it's exactly what you want and who you want to show up. When you focus on God, you are lifted up and encouraged. When you focus on your problem, the very opposite occurs. King David talked about his enemies, but he did not focus on his enemies. He was not a phony or a fake, nor was he living in denial. At times, he was surrounded and he acknowledged him being surrounded, but he kept his focus on God. Matter of fact, King David wrote, uh, uh, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Psalm 27 and 3. You see, David didn't count the enemy's weapons. Instead, he focused on God and the goodness of the Lord and the power that God possesses. When the focus is on God, praise is all that can happen. And this kind of praise requires an active choice of the will to place your praise in front of you. It certainly isn't something you feel like doing. I'm so tired of hearing people say, you know, when they're in church and you're trying to, you know, encourage them. The praise teams now are really more just like encouragers. They're trying to get people to stand up. They're trying to get people to clap their hands. They're trying to get people to sing a song. They're trying to get people to run around the church. They're trying to get people to do all kinds of stuff but people will say I just don't feel like doing that I, I just don't feel the joy of the Lord I just don't feel you, you don't understand what's going on in my body you don't understand the people that have turned against me you don't understand the situation I'm in I'm in a dead end job I can't go nowhere I can't make ends meet I'm sick the doctor every time I go he ain't got nothing good to say. Uh, you just 
understand. I don't feel like doing that. Honey, I'm here to tell you, if you are waiting on an emotional move, you will be waiting a long time. It's the only through understanding that it is God who fights the battle will you begin to venture ahead of the soldiers into the battle with your praise. You see, armed with praise, we are more ready than we think. You cannot inherit the promised land by taking an inventory of Egypt. God orchestrates the smallest details of our lives to bring about his desired result. Praise him all day, every day. We have to begin to break the cycle of sorrow in our life. And the most powerful thing to break sorrow is praise. Crisis comes so that praise can take its proper place in our lives. That proper place for praise is in the beginning. It's in the middle and it's at the end. Until we can praise God in the middle of all of it, when things aren't going as we had hoped, our praise will be incomplete. Now let me just be practical. Practically speaking, if we only praise God when we have a victory, then there will uh, be long seasons when we will not be praising God because victory is not our portion every day you're gonna have some trouble in your life however victory however sweet it is lasts only for a moment you will get back to the daily grind of life and that daily grind lasts all the day long we need to be full of praise all the time getting our praise out front may be the most difficult thing we do but when we get our praise out front we will find ourselves entering our promised land instead of going around in the wilderness again and again and again the children of Israel on the other hand would wait until good things happened and then praise God when bad things happen they would murmur and complain looking at scripture you can see this pattern it's repeated again and again and again. They are out of water. They'd complain. God would provide them with water. Then they would praise God. They are out of food. They would murmur and complain. God would provide them with food. Then they would praise him. God was trying to get them to get their praise in front of them. But they weren't getting it. So when the 12 spies went into the promised land... They were supposed to return with a good report of how great the land was and then praise their way into this new land that Almighty God had promised them. However, like many of us, when they entered into the land of promise, they focused on the giant that were in the land and on their own they were as grasshoppers and they complained. They never made it in to the land the next generation was told to march around Jericho for six days but 
in those six days, God commanded that they remain silent. On the seventh day, they were to shout. This time, before the walls came down, God was forcing them to put their praise out in front where praise belongs. After all, the essence of the kingdom is faithful. You have to do something ahead of time to get a desired result. Your crisis will reveal this to you. So don't get frustrated because it may reveal a praise that ends up leading you to your victory. We are so tunnel, tunnel, we have so much tunnel vision. We are so focused on our trouble that we lose sight of our God. Your praise readjusts your vision. Your praise readjusts your vision. Why do you think the enemy fights you so hard? As it, as it relates to your praise. One of the, the, the greatest strategies of the enemy was to turn your praise from purposeful behavior, which is the result of a mindset, to emotional behavior, which is the result of feeling. This is one of the greatest strategies of the enemy against the believer because your praise will lead you to victory. But if your praise is powered by an emotional high, you will find yourself constantly without a praise. But if your praise is based upon a mindset that this is just simply who I am regardless of my crisis, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my, in my mouth. Amen. Amen. When you're laying in the hospital and the doctor comes to you and gives you some bad news, maybe that news is You've got cancer, and you're just not going to make it. Well, well, saints, I'm here to tell you you ought to get the attitude and the mentality that says if it be the will of God that I be healed, I'm going to praise him right now because I know that my God is greater than my cancer. Well. But if at the end of this, it was not the will of God to extend my days, then I'm going to praise God because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. So as I look at every aspect of the news, I can't see anything but praise to God. Whether he heal me, I'm going to praise him. Whether he allow me, my body to succumb to the condition, I'm going to praise him. Because at the end of the day, he's still worthy of my praise. Amen. We get the bad news. We, we, we get sad and we get sorrowful. And I understand that. That's part of the human condition. You get bad news. It, it, it has an impact on your human condition. But praise changes your vision. You have to stop looking at your human condition 
and look at the new life that was created in you through your spiritual condition as you walk with the Lord. I know my God is greater. I know that he can deliver me. I know that he can heal me. I know that he can bring me out. I know he can even cause my enemies to feed me. And if I know that God can do all this, then why am I letting my human condition cause me to experience an emotional engagement that is not in alignment with what God's promise is? I don't praise him because I have everything A-OK. I praise him because he is God. And it's my desire, it's my choice that my praise precedes my everything. I remember not too long ago, when I say not too long ago, that could have been 10 years ago. I just don't remember the date, so it was not too long ago. I was complaining to God about my wife. I was, I was frustrated. I was complaining to God. We were going through a period of time where, not that we were uh, mean or nasty to each other, but we were arguing about things as, as if we just couldn't get on the same page. And I was pl- complaining to God and, you know, trying to tell God to touch my wife's mind because she's obviously in left field if she doesn't see things the way I see them. And I, and I just wanted to argue and, and, and just, you know, because being a Lysith, that's what we do. Lysith, that's what we like to do. We just argue. Sometimes we just wake up thinking about something to argue about. Well. We call them debates in the family. I remember growing up and going down to my uncle uh, Kenny's house, Bishop Kenneth Lysith, and, and watching all the, the brothers get together and they would sit around eating food and arguing about scripture. And I remember telling God, I don't want to argue with my wife, but I don't know what else to do. And this is what the Lord said. The moment the spirit of argument comes upon you, I want you to praise me. And I was thinking to myself, but um, that's not really, that's, like, you just want me to just, like, you know, say hallelujah and glory to God and just start to play. But that, that's not helping her because she's obviously got it wrong. And all I can hear the Lord will say, in the moments when you want to argue, praise me. What God was telling me was I needed to change my vision. I needed to change how I was seeing things and praise removes you from your earthen condition and it places you in a spiritual place where God can show you the things that you will never see in your human condition. And I don't even remember, this is how silly life is, I don't even remember what it was we, we weren't seeing eye to eye on. But I learned a valuable lesson because this is what I remember. When I began to think about God and praise God when I was frustrated, God began to show me where I wasn't thinking straight. 
and how he was using her to minister grace. Even though she could have had a little bit better bedside manner, I'm still talking to the Lord about the, the bedside manner. But she was still ministering to me as God designed her to do. And again, what I'm talking about is not some you know, earth-altering thing, but God brought this back to my memory when I was uh, studying and, and preparing for this sermon today because God wanted uh, me to see something, to remind me of something that's so important that the earthen condition will pull you away from alignment with God's word because you begin to just look at things through uh, earthen wisdom, through the wisdom of your carnal nature rather than through the wisdom of the nature that is born in Christ Jesus in uh, bed in you God put himself in you but until the day of resurrection we still deal with this earthen condition and sometimes we get misguided in our vision how to see things but if praise is what you do all the time your praise will lead you into a place where your perception where your thought where your uh, your your theology your ideology your your emotional state of being will always be focused to God and then the things of this life will not have the impact on you that they may currently have in your life right now. I think that most of us have endured people that we wanted to cuss out. I dare you to praise God instead of cussing them out. I know that there have been people that come into your life and, and, and all they want to do is do you harm I dare you to praise God right in front of them well. when you look at what Israel did as it related to fighting enemies when they enjoyed their greatest successes it was all predicated upon their praise leading them and in most cases they never got a chance to fight God caused their enemy to destroy themselves. Amen. And then all that was left, the only task of the day was to carry away the blessing. Amen. Let your praise go before you so that when you arrive, all you have to do is carry away your blessing. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Let your praise precede your everything. This has been a production of the GMFC Studios. God bless you.